The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, folks, here on Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum and Nick Filato. Today's episode, we are reacting to the New York Giants schedule release, the full schedule for the 2021 season. We're going to provide our takeaways and our thoughts for the upcoming season, what you can expect. If you want to find that full schedule, it's out on social media, but it is also on our website, bigblueview.com. Multiple articles out there discussing the 2021 schedule and it's worth starting this conversation off by saying folks any thoughts on the schedule are a little bit arbitrary as you should probably expect because anything can change after week four or even further down the line with any of these teams there's injuries teams end up being worse than expected teams end up being better than expected so these are our overall thoughts leading into the season maybe what to expect but you can't fully project this 17-game season for the Giants, for really any team, because there's so many different variables that are going to come into play. But discussing our overall impressions, guys, what do we think about this 17-game schedule, the very first time that we are going to see 17 games uh, for the New York Giants and for any NFL team? And honestly, actually, let's go with this first one here that, that I think stands out to me. The Giants are going to be playing the Chiefs week eight on Monday night football. And that <laughs> that stood out to me because it just seems odd that the Giants were picked to be this matchup against the Chiefs in primetime when there might have been a, a different opponent that would have made a little bit more sense because they're opposite ends of the country. One team is a little bit further along than I think the Giants are. It's just a little bit of an odd matchup for me. It's, it is an odd matchup for me as well, just because, like you said, the Giants haven't necessarily earned that right to be the team to be in prime time with a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I like where the Giants are at, but they won six games last year, and the Chiefs are the defending AFC champions. But overall, impression-wise, I mean, honestly, I feel much better about this schedule than I did about last year's schedule, especially when you look at the beginning of the schedule. I mean, last year, you opened up prime time against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a really rough place to, or that's, I mean, no, it was home, but that was a really rough 
opponent to go up against. Then you have to travel to Chicago, and then you have San Francisco, and then you have to travel to the Rams, and then you have to travel to the Cowboys. That was a really rough stretch for the Giants in 2020. And I look at the schedule now, and Chris, I want to get your take on this as well. I mean, you get Denver, and as long as Aaron Rodgers doesn't end up going to Denver, it's it's uh, Drew Locke against this new revitalized Patrick Graham defense. That's not necessarily something that I would say it's a shoe in win by any means, but it's definitely uh, something that gives me a little bit more comfort than at Washington is a winnable game versus Atlanta with somewhat of a, not I want to say a rebuilding team, but they're a little bit in flux right now. That's also a winnable game. I mean, realistically, the team could start three and zero before they have to go to new Orleans and then to Dallas, which could be somewhat of a tough stretch there from week four to five. Yeah. I, I don't want to count any chickens before they're hatched. I think, same, same. Uh, I think recent history with the giants, uh, warns against that i think we all thought they were going to take a next step and just be amazing in 2017 after the way they finished 2016 and um they went three and 13 that year so yeah i, I definitely don't want to stay away from uh chicken counting right now but you're right the, they start out with four certainly three winnable games you know i i think we could realistically even put the saints in that position as well, just because, you know, what are they without Drew Brees? That is a pretty massive shift for them in their franchise. Yeah. Obviously Sean Payton is an offensive genius and just that dome in new Orleans is one hell of a home field advantage, but you know, we just don't quite know what they're going to look like, how they're going to make that transition, especially in the first month of the season. Yeah, Denver Broncos, like you said, you know, if they get Aaron Rodgers, things the calculus there changes considerably. But as of right now, it's Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I like Pat Shermer. I think he's a good offensive coordinator. They've got a good offensive roster. They still have some players on their defense, but that is a winnable game. Uh, Washington, they've been doing a good job of collecting talent, but what do they have at the quarterback position? If Fitzmagic shows up, Again, the calculus changes, but if it's some com- combination of Ryan Fitzpatrick's beard, uh, Kyle Allen, if he can walk by then, and Tyler Heineke, you know, uh, that should be a winnable game for the Giants as well. I'm, I'm not going to say any of these are a shoe-in, but they do have the chance to get off on the right foot this year. Heck, I'd maybe even go all the way up to week seven. You could argue not all these games, but... These are all highly competitive matchups for the Giants where you can't really say like, oh, wow, this team is significantly more put together than the Giants because, you know, you talked about the Broncos all the way through the Saints, but the Cowboys, they looked terrible last year. I don't know if we can really guarantee just because Dak Prescott is coming back that they'll be good defensively this upcoming next season. And we all remember how the Giants played against them in both of their games before Dak got hurt. They were playing them really closely, and then suddenly a couple lucky plays helped the Cowboys in that matchup. But I, you know, the Rams, that's going to be a difficult game. That's going to be a really tough matchup. They get Matthew Stafford. Their defense is phenomenal, regardless of who is around Aaron Donald. But the Carolina Panthers you go up to that week seven game where, where they're playing the Panthers in October, Sam Darnold might not really be that settled in. That could be a period of time when we're starting to ask ourselves, is Sam Darnold going to be the starting quarterback for the rest of the season? 
that probably will be the case, but if things are going awry after they traded for him, there's a chance things could be transitioning away from Darnold as the starting quarterback. So I, I honestly look up to week seven. I think that this is a, a strong start to the season for them compared to Nick, as you said earlier, last season was when we looked at the, the beginning of the year and we're like, man, this is not going to be an easy stretch. They could start without a single win to start the season. Yeah, no, especially when you think about like a, just, I mean, obviously now we're revisiting last year, but you opened up that season against the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? And what the Steelers go like 11 and 0, 10 and 0 or something. And then they ended up winning like one game down the stretch. So if you ended up facing them late in the season, you were at a significant advantage because the team just lost its mojo completely. And they had some injuries as well, but still the team just absolutely lost their ability. And you look down maybe later on in this season, I'm looking at teams like the Bears and the Chargers. Maybe that could happen to a team like that. But to your Carolina Panthers point, and even the, say, the Atlanta Falcons in week three, right? The Atlanta Falcons, new head coach, it's going to be early. And then you also have the Giants who are getting shot out of a cannon early on because they're going to have to play two games in a short amount of time. But then they get that extended bye week from week two into week three because week two is a Thursday night football game against Washington, which could actually work in the Giants' favor. And then they get to go in. They'll have a more extended week to prepare for the Atlanta Falcons, prepare for Arthur Smith, who was a first-time head coach, and possibly they can have an advantage at home against a team like Atlanta. Yeah, they certainly could. And the Giants could build some momentum early in this season. you know. And like I said, it really does depend on how those first three games go. They're all winnable. They, they're they all games in which the Giants should, at the very least, be competitive. You know, like I said before, I, I don't want to go chicken counting and say they absolutely will win any of them. But they all have a, I would say they all have at least a 50-50 chance of coming out of there with a win. And maybe even a little bit better than that. If we start to look towards this end of the season, I think that's where we can really pinpoint what is the most important game on this schedule. I mean, as it really should be for any season, the end of the year is going to be when things are the uh, the utmost importance, except maybe starting off the season hot. But at week 18, for me, I think is is the most important matchup if we had to pinpoint one game for the New York Giants. They're supposed to play the Washington football team at home, and that is a potential situation for the Giants where, and scheduling has been done like this for a good amount of time now where it's intentionally been a division rival, and right here now for the Giants' circumstance, they could be fighting for that NFC's crown, at the very least competing for a wild card spot in Week 18. And I, I think that any season, really, you could probably pick the last game, but I think in this situation, how competitive Washington's going to be this year and how good they are defensively, that's going to be a really, really important spot for the Giants. Yeah, no, and I think it's interesting, too, because the Giants could be fighting for the division. I mean, from week 15 to week 18, you have Dallas, then at Philadelphia, at Chicago, and then versus Washington. I think we could probably all agree, and again, like Chris has said, you don't want to count the eggs before they're hatched, but the Eagles probably are... the presumed the worst team in this division heading in the one that's probably most unlikely to win but anything can happen as we've said but you got dallas that could be a really competitive game for the division washington could be a really competitive game for the division and then that chicago game can also be a game where you're vying for wild card contention where there's two wild card spots now so you're getting seven teams making the playoffs just like last season or i should say three wild card spots and then uh chicago i mean that's in chicago and honestly I don't love what I've seen from Daniel Jones and heavy winded games. And that's the windy city. So that could be something to kind of monitor in week 17. It's on January 2nd, but 
it could be really interesting down the stretch. The Giants are looking at themselves after that Los Angeles Chargers games, and they're very, very competitive. I mean, that could be one of the one of the most interesting times in New York Giants football right before that Dallas game, and then the Eagles, Bears, and then Washington, depending on how all those other franchises are faring as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I don't think we can expect the entire NFC East to be terrible again. You know, last year it really seemed like a race to the bottom and nobody actually wanted to win that division. And it was just who made, who screwed up the least was the one that walked away with the, with the division championship. I think we really should walk into, come into this year expecting at least three teams, the giants, the Cowboys and the Eagles, or sorry, the giants, the Cowboys and the football team to be competitive. I just happen to be looking at the Eagles right there. You know, they are probably in a, entering a rebuilding, reloading, however you want to describe it, phase there in Philly. Although bad and weird things do tend to happen when the Giants play the Eagles in Philadelphia. And we do have that game late in the season when the Giants could be making a push for the playoffs. I'm looking at that Dallas game as a potentially very important game just because Giants-Cowboys, that's always big. The Cowboys should have Dak Prescott yeah, they've got all of those offensive weapons. They spent almost their entire draft adding defensive weapons. They've got a new defensive coordinator. Again, I don't think we can we should assume that Dallas's defense will be almost less effective than a speed bump out there. You know, we should expect them to put up some kind of resistance and with their offensive weapons, that could be a very very difficult game for the Giants. Of course, hopefully Dallas is looking at New York and saying, okay, that could be a tough game for us as well. I think one thing too, Joe, I think that's actually pretty funny. At least if the Giants and Washington football team are vying for the division at the end, at least the Giants are playing Washington in the last week of the season and not Doug Peterson and the Eagles because we don't want to see that ever again. And luckily for all of us, we more than likely won't because Doug Peterson is along with the Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) All right, coming up, we're going to discuss what we think is the most underrated game on the schedule, one that doesn't really look that important, maybe isn't a divisional team, but could really impact the outcome of the season for the Big Blue. Before we do, though, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So guys, I'm looking at the schedule and I'm trying to think to myself, all right, what game does not look that important, but you know what? Could actually have a serious level of impact on the remaining stretch of the season and and just in the season in general. And I'm looking at this week 13 game where they have to travel to Miami. And we just spent all of this time talking about that final stretch, that those final four to five games. I look at the Miami game and then the Chargers game the following week on the 14th. I You could pick either one of those as most underrated. But for me, I think the Dolphins here, this performance is going to be really, really important, but not really considered to... It doesn't look like that on the outside because depending on how they do in that game, in my, in my eyes here, how they do against the Dolphins could really spark that final run and could really help them carry momentum. 
it's going to be dependent on how good Miami is next year, how good Tua is next year. But if this is one of the best teams in the AFC, uh, the AFC East, and they're competing for the top of their division, that is going to be a battle. That is going to be an absolute fight. And if the Giants are able to come out on top on that one, I would argue that is great momentum swinging them into that matchup against the Chargers and then gearing them up for that final four-game stretch. Absolutely, man. And like we were just talking about a lot in this podcast, that final four-game stretch might be vital to the Giants making the playoffs and possibly even winning the NFC East. They drop week 13 and week 14 both on the road, man. That could be demoralizing. We all know, man, the NFL is a game of momentum. It's a game of stringing games together and winning games consecutively and building confidence, especially with a young roster, a young head coach like the New York Giants, man. I mean, you got a young quarterback, got a really young offensive line, got young defense. So you really want the positive momentum going into a divisional game at home against the Dallas Cowboys. If they drop both those games against Miami and the Chargers, that could be ugly. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the fact that they are on the road going across the country back to back, I mean, you know, I, I haven't looked at a map lately, <laughs> but when last I checked, Miami, Florida, and uh, Los Angeles, California were not exactly close together. And neither They're is like, uh, neither is New York than ha- having that that three game spot of going from East Coast to Miami to to LA. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and also having the, those warm climate games in December is deceptively tough on teams because you know if you're used to practicing in New York, New Jersey in December, it it ain't pleasant. You know, you all of a sudden have to go down to Miami and get used to playing when it's 80 degrees or Los Angeles, where it's probably 80 degrees. You know, that is an adjustment. And if your body is, you know, kind of conditioned to be dealing with kind of just a 30s, 40s and soggy and all of a sudden you get twice as high as what you're used to, you know, that could take it out of you. But also for me, I want to look forward just a little bit further and hit on something we talked about before we started recording, and that's the Chicago Bears in Week 17. The Giants made that trade with Chicago to trade down for the first time in forever to pick up Kadarius Toney. Chicago jumped up, got Justin Fields. They were elated to get him. And, you know, we don't really know what Justin Fields is going to be as a quarterback. He could go the way of every other Ohio State quarterback ever and be just kind of meh or with the athleticism that he has and the efficiency that he, that he showed as a passer the last two years, I've got this nightmare scenario in my head where he could be Lamar Jackson 2.0, where you could get him outside the pocket and he could torture defense with his legs, or he could be throwing lasers from the pocket. And, you know, Chicago was a playoff team last year. They do have guys on offense. They've got guys on defense if they get that quarterback position moving, that's a, a game I think people are overlooking. Uh, you know, after the draft, there were a lot of uh, NFL insiders, scouts, GMs, whatever, who said that Chicago could wind up being a top drafting in the top 10 next year. But what if they're in contention for the NFC North at this point? Especially with all the uncertainty surrounding Aaron Rodgers. And then I think the Vikings should have a bounce back year. But if they don't, then Mike Zimmer's probably going to be out of a job. And then I think we can all agree Detroit is a team that probably isn't quite there yet. Dan Campbell has this insatiable knack for just wanting to chew on his opponent's kneecaps, but I don't know if that's going to translate to (laughs) NFL wins quite yet. So you're right, Chris. I mean, the Bears could be vying for that division as well, especially if, you know, I mean, I'm not too confident in Andy Dalton, but Justin Fields really gets after it early then. 
the night week 17 game could be much more difficult than a lot of people may anticipate. And I mean, like I, I've mentioned this before. I mean, I love the fact that the Giants did that trade. It was a good process. It's the process that you want, accumulate more capital for the next year. Now the Giants have 10 picks. But if Daniel Jones ends up not living up to the sixth overall pick and ends up not getting his fifth year option picked up and Justin Fields ends up being the MVP that Chris, you alluded to, and people are going to look back on that trade and mock the Giants. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, that, that's honestly a really good point there. Chris, I, I really like that you brought up that game where it could end up turning into a spot. Giants don't win this game. Justin Fields plays well. We could all be saying to ourselves, damn, why, why didn't they just take Justin Fields? Why were they so confident in Daniel Jones? Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully Daniel Jones' progression continues and he has a great year next season. But the, the negative outlook on it is exactly that. Uh, last pieces that we're going to hit on here are overall positives and negatives to the schedule. And the one thing that stood out to us when we were looking at the schedule, and we've talked about this the entirety of the show, is how the, the schedule is structured for the last four games. If we're, we're looking at this in a glass half full type of perspective, if the Giants finish strong, and let's say they go three and one in these final four games, that being against the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Bears, and the Washington football team, that is going to determine if the Giants make the playoffs or not. At the very least, they should be able to win uh, and make the, the wild card if they do well enough in that stretch, or they could potentially win the division. Because there's three conference games there in that spot. And if hypothetically next season, I know, Chris, you're saying that w the the NFC East is not going to be the dumpster fire it was last year where nobody was trying to win the division seemingly. It's possible that maybe things are more competitive, but there's still a bunch of eight and eight teams. Those final three games could be what it needs for the, the, the Giants to push into the playoffs and maybe be the one nine and seven squad that makes it. Yeah, absolutely. Or... Is it nine and seven? No, uh, nine, it would have to be ten and seven. Ten and seven. My apologies. Or nine That's and eight. That's what we're gonna have to get used to. We're nine, gonna have to get used to a whole new math. Yeah, I don't. I don't I'm like. Not, that. I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> not a fan of it, boys. I don't love it. I don't love it. <laughs> to but, be honest with you. But Joe, you are absolutely right. You know that if the if the Giants are hanging around just before that last four game stretch, and they can rack up one or two divisional wins there that could be enough to put them over the edge to get them that wild card or even the divisional crown and really punch their ticket into the playoffs now just for me and this is just as a very personal aside the positive that really jumps out to me at this schedule three night games <laughs> only three night games that's the fewest <laughs> any team can have and i know fans love to see their team on prime time but just for us, you know, or at least those of us who aren't half vampire like Nick, these <laughs> night games suck to cover. <laughs> Chris, I can guarantee now that you said that, that there are going to be like two or three games in the final part of the season that are flexed to Sunday night football. Of course. You that, wanna, well, you that's just what happened last you, year, too. Right. I know. That's you, what happened last year, too. I'm pretty sure Honestly, you brought this up on the last, the last I know, show, I did. too. <laughs> well, Chris and Joe, let's be honest. That's what we want. There are no Sunday night football. It's two Monday night football games and a Thursday night football, but... I would sign up for, hey, at Chicago, flex that out, or at Eagles or at or versus Washington, flex that out to be Sunday night because it's an important game. And if the Giants were to win that and take advantage of it, then they're in the playoffs. I mean, I think we'd all sign up for that. Hopefully, hopefully the game that is swapped is not the Bears one because you did point out earlier that wind and in the cold at Chicago 
is going to suck. Now imagine having to play that game at night. But I do agree. I think if you if you maybe want to do that the, that Cowboys game or that Washington football team game, I think either of those are perfect for for flexing for a potential Sunday night game. Okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. Hear, hear me out. The Giants gotcha. pun- the Giants punched their ticket into the playoffs. They locked themselves into a wild card, one of those wild card spots. That way, we know they're they're in. We know they're doing well. But the, none of the games are particularly important enough at that point for the NFL to flex them. <laughs> you really don't want a night game. <laughs> I absolutely love it. <laughs> you're, I think you're the only one here that doesn't want a night game because now that I'm on West Coast time, I don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, and I just stay up really, really late. You want to know another interesting thing that we haven't brought up yet? Both of those Monday night football games, I mean, you have a bye week split in them and then you have the game against the Raiders at home, but it's against the AFC and the NFC champs. <laughs> from last year i mean that, the, the, that jumped out as jumped out to me too <laughs> you got the chiefs and the bucks and they're both away i mean that's not exactly the best uh that's not the best time to showcase uh your talents as a young team against those opponents on the road monday night football prime time well I, I think we can look at that two ways either the schedule makers think the giants are on the come up and these are going to be really good competitive games that are going to you know get everybody excited or both the chiefs and the buccaneers have the NFCs have the Giants on their schedule. So they both have five primetime games because they were in the Super Bowl. So they might as well get that New York media market. <laughs> and just one more point to, to close out today's show. I think the negative that you had pointed out in, in our, our, uh, our prep for the show, Nick, is that from week 13 to 17, there is only one home game in that stretch. That is a long chunk of time in a very important, crucial part of the season where they're only going to get pl- get to play at home once. And they're going to be traveling throughout all of that. That, I think, is yeah. one of the biggest obstacles that the Giants are going to have to handle, as you pointed out, Nick. Yes, yes. And I think the Giants contingent on them to to win a lot of those games early in the season, put themselves into a position where all of those games aren't as crucial as they may have been because you have that bye week in week 10, and then you have to travel to Tampa Bay for the Monday night game. So that's going to end up being a short week after a bye week. Then you have to play a division rival in the Eagles. You host them week 12. And then you're on a two-game road trip, Miami, and then Los Angeles against the Chargers, home week 15 against Dallas, and then you have to go at the Eagles. That's not not too big of a deal. And then that Chicago game that we've been referencing and talking about. So that's not the easiest stretch of a schedule. I mean, I've seen a lot worse, to be honest, but that is a lot of traveling. You're getting a short week there because you have that Monday night football game. So they better be well rested after that week 10 bye. Yeah, and that's actually something that keeps happening to the Giants year after year. I think I saw it referenced today that the Giants have the longest – the Giants in Washington have had the most games on most road games on short rest of any two franchises in the NFL over the last uh, five years, I think it was. And I believe with the Giants having to travel to Washington for Thursday night, they actually took the took the lead. So they have been at just a rest deficit which is something that kind of gets overlooked but absolutely plays plays a big role over really the last four or five years all right folks i think that's a great note to wrap up today's show on our takeaways from the 2021 schedule for the new york giants that's honestly something that is going to completely change over time but it is interesting to always project and look forward 
Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. Follow us on social media at BigBlueView and head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. We'll talk to you soon, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week.